No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. Like our sages said, I was quoting the words of Hashem. I created the Yetzirahara. I created the Torah as a condiment for it. Now, it's like a manufacturer who made a certain, let's say, uh, tape recorder. And he says, I recommend my batteries. I made it. He knows what's best for his machine. So I I made the Yetzirah, and I'm telling you that it'll function properly if you also put in the battery of Torah. That's the way. Otherwise, the battery will burn you up. The Yetzirah will burn you up. When you put in a Torah battery, then the Yetzirah will become useful and will be one of the means of succeeding. If the Creator made for this ailment, this was an ailment, He created only this medicine, this remedy, then how can anybody say, I'll use something else? Is it's impossible in any manner that a person should be healed from this ailment, without this remedy that I call this Boro himself recommended. That means Torah. Anybody who thinks he can be rescued without Torah, is in error. I'm going to explain something here. What about women who don't learn Torah? And the answer is, if women are not in contact with Torah, then they have the same problem. If a woman is a daughter of a man who learns Torah, then the spirit of the Torah is in the house, even though she doesn't learn. And therefore she can become great too, because of her father's Torah. If a woman marries a man who learns, even though he doesn't learn all day long, but a man who is in contact with Torah, when he comes back from the base on Midrash where he learned Torah, he brings the spirit of the Torah into the house. So the woman benefits from that. And therefore, there's no question that women gain greatness through the Torah that the men bring into the environment. This man will see what an error he made by trying to succeed without Torah when he'll die with his sin because he's going to make serious errors now I cannot tell you examples that take up too much time but sometimes people embark on courses of doing wrong things without being aware of the dangers involved sometimes very great dangers are involved to them not only to their neshamas even to their bodies and they ruin their lives, their careers. It's only when people are in contact with Torah that they're able to know what to expect and to look ahead and to save themselves, save their souls, and they save their bodies. I'll say that inside. The evil inclination 
is extremely powerful within a man. It's not just a little urge. It's extremely powerful urge in a man. Without a man's knowing it, Yesha'ala continues to become stronger and stronger as time goes on. And takes full control over him. That's what happens to anybody who is not in contact with the Torah. He may be orthodox, very orthodox all his life, but if he's not in contact with the Torah, he's not aware that this force is gaining more and more power over him. It's all of the stratagems in the world. If a man won't learn Torah, he'll use all other stratagems, all other means in the world. He won't take the remedy that was created for the Yetzirah, that's Torah, Shia Torah, Lo Yeda, he won't know what's wrong with him, but Lo Yagish, he won't even feel when his illness becomes worse and worse. Only when he dies in his sin, the and his soul goes lost. Now that's extremely important lesson to note that without contact with the Torah, people are entirely unaware what's happening to them. The Yesahara is extremely powerful. And this direction is always to become more and more powerful unless a person takes himself in hand and he begins using what he learns from the Torah in order to make something out of himself. Twelve lines up from the bottom. The middle of the line. Hold the Moses Doyman. Before he quoted that I called Baruchu made a declaration. Borosa Yesara, I created the Yesara. And I created one remedy for it, that's Torah. So therefore, if someone seeks to overcome the Yisra by some other means, he will not succeed. What can we compare this? A sick person who inquired of the physicians and they recognized his illness. And they told him he should take a certain medicine. But he, without having any previous knowledge in the science of medicine, he neglects that medicine that the doctor told him. He'll take whatever occurs to him some other kind of medicines. That man will surely die. The doctor told him, this is the medicine. And he, 
neglects that and he chooses according to his own ignorance some other thing, then he surely will die. Akkodish <coughs> said there's only one remedy for the Yitzhahara, you must have contact with Torah. There's no one who recognizes this illness of the Yetzirah and the power that it has by nature on the person as much as the Creator who made the Yetzirah. For who is here on you? And he warned us that the only remedy for Yetzirah is Torah. So me efo yanicho yikach mashiyikach zulosu yichir. Then who is it that can ignore that and take whatever he decides to take and live? Vada It's certain that the darkness of the materialism will continue to become stronger and stronger upon him as he seeks this before and another medicine and another remedy without Torah. Madrege aha madrege, one degree of darkness after another, who lo yovin, and he won't understand what's happening to him. Until he is found sunk entirely in evil, because he has neglected that one remedy. He's so far away from the truth, even Ideas means even fleeting ideas of the truth will not enter his mind at all. Levakeshem to seek the truth. So the person who is not connected to Torah, even though he tries various remedies, he show the end will be he'll sink even further and further more into the darkness of materialism, and he's going to make the biggest mistake because his life will never be able to be reshaped unless he comes back to Torah. Say that aside. Um, now this does not mean that by studying the Torah he will become a man that seeks the truth. No. It means when a person is a seeker of the truth then he can find it if he's in contact with the Torah. But there are people that study the Torah and don't care for the truth. And therefore, the Torah doesn't help them. So once more, when a man doesn't have any contact with the Torah, even though he's a seeker of the truth, he'll never find it. But when a person studies Torah and he seeks the truth, then I call this Baruch who causes him to succeed in finding the truth. Ach, im hu oisig If a man is engaged in the study of Torah, bire oso when he sees the ways of the Torah, the methods of the Torah, sivoyeho, he sees the commandments of the Torah, and he sees the prohibitions, the warnings of the Torah, so he may soft, soft, automatically there will be created in him a certain stimulus, the service of stimulus, that can bring him to the good way. Again, once more, if that person is seeking the good way. So therefore, by being in contact with the Torah, he'll learn how to find the path towards success and what he's looking for.
Now, once more, without Torah, even, the desire to be good will not help him. With Torah, if he has no desire to be good, he won't succeed either. But a man desires to seek what's good, and he's learning Torah, then he's going to find the path that leads him to what he's looking for. Say that aside. He quotes, now the following statement needs an explanation. Hashem said, Halavai osi ozvu v'sorosi shamara. Would that they would forsake me, but they would not forsake my Torah. They would keep my Torah. Shehamoyer shebo, because the light of the Torah, marzir and will bring them back to good. Now, that means when people live like Jews live, it's not talking about uh, assimilated people. When people live like Jews live, only they don't think about Kodesh Baruch But as long as they study the Torah, the light of the Torah is going to bring them to think about Kodesh Baruch eventually, and to think of Olam Habo, and to think of the virtuous accomplishments of life, and therefore the light of the Torah will bring them back to good. But it doesn't mean that a person is an atheist. No, that doesn't mean OCS or they forsake me. It means they forsake thinking about me, like most people who learn Torah, even today. They're not thinking about a Kodesh Baruchut. Maybe they're thinking about their ambitions. Maybe it's interesting. However, as long as they live like Jews, they're not in the camp of the atheists or the reformers. They live like Jews. Only forgot about Hashem, the light of the Torah will bring them eventually to the right path. Say that. Yeah, will bring them back to good place. And that's why the next little paragraph, he emphasizes that point. That it's only for people who seek to make something out of themselves. For those people, the Torah will bring them to the right path. Included in this principle that you must have contact with Torah, you also must include setting times for thinking about his deeds and how to improve himself, like you're studying now. You must have this study, the pursuit of the study of how to make something out of yourself. That's included in the study of the Torah. Because a person studies Torah and never is interested in making something out of himself, then nothing will happen. But if he doesn't study Torah, then even if he's interested in helping himself, nothing will happen either. But he studies Torah and he makes time to think about himself and how he can improve, that man is going to succeed. Like I said above, the necessity to take out time to think about yourself. Or Milvad calls it, and in addition to all this, whenever he has any leisure from his regular occupation, he has to make a living, he has to spend some time in things that people have to spend, let's say for their health, for eating, even going to the toilet, whatever it is a person has to do that takes up part of his day, 
whatever he has in his spare time, in Chokhamu, if he has a wise man, Vadai Shaloh Yavdeh, he certainly will not waste that extra time. Even a little bit of extra time that he has is utilized to make something out of himself. He should take hold of that opportunity immediately and not postpone. And shouldn't let go of the opportunity. To engage in that little time that he has and the business of his own soul, his own character. How to improve his avoida. Now this changes the whole picture. So we see it's not merely a man who is sitting and learning all the time. It's a person who is interested in utilizing whatever he learned in order to improve himself. For instance, I'll give you an example. If you learn Bove Kamen, now you might think it's nothing but legalities of damages and suits and contracts. Now, when a person learns Bove Kamen, but he has interest in making something out of himself, so he begins thinking, am I a mazik? Am I causing harm to other people? After all, Bhavakama tells us these principles. So if a man walks in the street early in the morning, that's even going to Vasikin, a minute early in the morning, with his friend, and they're talking at the top of their voices, and it's still dark, and people are sleeping, and they're waking up people, so the person learns Bhavakama will realize after a while he's a mazik. He's stealing people's sleep. As a mazik, who is not able to pay back, you can't pay back for a lost sleep. This seems ridiculous to other people. What do they care about people's sleep? And the Gemara nothing mentioned about people's sleep. But a man who is serious takes the principles of above a and he wouldn't cough into somebody's face. Coughing in somebody's face is kihavenir. And the Gemara says, by coughing in somebody's face is a mazik. Kihavenir, he coughs germs into somebody's face. When people cough and sneeze and don't corrupt their mouths, they are not living according to the Torah. When a man learns Torah and he wants to make himself better, he has a principle not to harm people, not to be a mazik. And sometimes, when they have no intention of harming anybody, but they break somebody else's things, let's say he walks into the synagogue, wants to open the window, he breaks the window, it doesn't occur to him that he has to pay. But the man who is in contact with Hilchas Nezikim, you have to pay for a window. He didn't want to break it, it makes no difference. He learned in the Gemara, Ben Shege, Ben Mezid, even unintentionally you have to pay if you do damage. And therefore, when a person learns Bodhikama properly, and he is intended, his intention is to make something out of himself, there's no question he improves. When you see people standing at a fruit stand, and they pluck off a grape, and they eat it, now that's stealing. Doesn't occur to them. You tell them to them, they laugh at you. But because they didn't learn, no matter how much people want to be good, and they're decent people, well-dressed, civilized people, but they didn't learn. Stealing is, even Pachas Meshavir put his usher to steal. When you pull off a grape from a bunch of grapes, the storekeeper doesn't like it at all. He might not say anything, don't want to lose a customer, but these people are robbers. Sometimes a grape is worth a penny too nowadays. And they're robbers, and therefore they have on their the shomer a sin of a heishivis hagzelo, 
and all his life it'll never be forgiven unless he goes back and pays for what he took. So people didn't learn, having no idea how many wrong things they are doing. Constantly they're sinning against other people, they're mazikim. And so learning Bobekame, certainly other things, even Bobekame, which seems legalities in matters of damages and suits and torts, even that, if a person learns it properly and has in mind he wants to get better, there's no question it'll change him and make him a better person. Say that inside. Before he mentioned three mafsidim, three obstacles to acquiring the attitude of Zahiras. Zahiras, that's the first on the ladder of perfection, Shlemus. Now the first mafsid was being too busy and not having time to do things for yourself to think about yourself and to accomplish for yourself now this obstacle although is the most general of all the three that he mentioned it applies to more people then the other two do apply. Inehu hayesha kal But it's the easiest of all the three to avoid if someone wishes to avoid it. The other two that we're going to study soon are not as widespread as this, but they are not so easy to prevent. This is the easiest one. Achashini, but the second mafsid is going to talk about now, Inehu Koshimait, it's a very difficult mafsid, a difficult obstacle. Laughter and jesting. If somebody is sinking in laughter and jesting, it's like a man sinking in the ocean. But it is very difficult to escape from it. If a man would be sinking, let's say, in a pond, even in the river where the shores are not far off, he can hope to swim to reach the land. But suppose a man fell into the Atlantic Ocean, very far away from any shores, it's almost a hopeless case. Now when a person gets into the attitude of laughing and jesting, also ridiculing, you'll find it very difficult in order to rid himself of this attitude. The laughter destroys a man's mind. It means if he laughs and jests all the time, then his mind doesn't function. Now he could be a mathematician. He could even be a scientist because that's his umness, like a carpenter. But when a man is interested 
in thinking about the great issues of life and making something out of himself, the attitude of laughing and joking is like it's drowning in the sea. At shikor einatam Reason and understanding had no longer any control over him. Va'arehu kishika is like an intoxicated person. O shoyte, an insane person. Asher i'efsher losis lehem omo. It's not possible to give them any kind of guile, of strategy, of cunning, or to lead them. They don't accept any kind of leadership and teaching. Now this we have to understand is not just exaggeration, which may seem to us hyperbole, speaking in big terms, no. It's a fact that in those societies, let's say in America, where kibitzing and joking are the style, let's say there's a group of people standing around at a wedding or in any other place, even in some synagogue before Dominic, and they stand around and joking, or sometimes in their back seats, back rows of the yeshiva, groups standing around and joking and laughing, these people are addicted to an attitude of nothing is important. An attitude of not taking anything seriously. Now, if you come in, let's say, in these groups of people and speak about the great verities, the great truths of life, it's less honest to them. Because everything is received with a jest. They're always laughing, always light-minded, looking for ways and means of belittling, finding something comical. Even when you talk about a godel, they're not impressed unless it's in their circle. Some circles accept a certain person, like the Gentiles accept certain important politicians, and among your religious Jews, they accept a certain wealthy people. Yes, yeah, certain people they, they respect. But you mention somebody who's not politically correct, so they look for ways and means of joking at him and ridiculing him and making him to nothing. That's a, a Gentile attitude in general to make people into nothing. The comics, the movies, the theater. And therefore, when we get that attitude from the Gentiles, always laughing and joking and belittling, it's almost a hopeless task to rid ourselves of that attitude. About laughter, I said, it's wild. Laughter is wild. Wildness means it's uncontrolled. And that kind of rejoicing, what does it accomplish? Now, simcha accomplishes a great deal. No question about it. Simcha can bring a person to a true greatness, as which you will see it. But that's a different kind of a simcha. But the simcha that comes from fun-loving people, people look for entertainment, Always are thinking of laughing. For instance, you walk down the street at night and you see the whole block is laughing at the same minute because they're all looking at the same TV program. Everybody's laughing and they're waiting for that. They're waiting for the opportunity to hee-haw. And therefore, the whole world that's addicted to TV is sinking in the sea 
of Shrek and Lesonas, and it's a very, very difficult task to rescue them. Say after him. Bachachomim, Zichleinam, Levelach, Omru, is quoting. And this is the others. Shrek, Bekalus, Rosh, Margilin, Es Odom, Ever. Laughter and lightheadedness lead a person towards immorality. Now he explains. Although the elva immorality is a serious matter to people who have a das. Now he, and this Nusa has das without an iron. Anybody who has some religion believes immorality, regards immorality as a serious thing. And in other edition, Ben Das, people with seichel. So although people with seichel consider immorality a very serious thing, and his mind fears even approaching things of Erve. Because of the picture that's already formed in people's minds, for the truth, how great is a transgression. He's talking about ancient times, his time, when adulterer or adulteress were put to death. That's what it was up to recently. A man or woman committed adultery were put to death. And people there in his time understood how serious it was. And even then, when people engage in schoik and lust and kibitzing and joking, it becomes light in their eyes at that time, and they are customers to transgress. Laughter and lightheadedness, draw him on little by little, until finally he can fall into the trap. And they become closer and closer. That the fear of Elve little by little departs from him. One degree after another degree. Until he arrives at the sin itself. Now this you have to understand, it says from experience. He knows from stories what happened. How did it come that a Jew who lived in those days, and he knew how serious the sin was, how did it ever happen that that person finally fell into the sin? They tell the stories, many stories, you look in the Shubis, Shabbos Shubis is a man, married, and he's of a caste, his in-laws are supporting him, and he's sitting and learning in the kettle, and he comes home sometimes, his wife is not home, his mother-in-law alone is at home, and little by little starts jesting with her and talking to her and laughing and fooling around and what happened eventually was a tragedy yes it happened it happened a tragedy and the shoe is saying what she has to do she is divorced from her husband and it was a terrible thing and it happened again and again of course not on a big scale in the olden days but it happened and he is thinking about all those cases where it did happen Laughter and jesting. You don't laugh and jest around. Depends with whom you're talking. You have to be serious in case it's a situation 
where you're confronted by it, we have to be afraid. But because he starts out with this course of adjusting, and little by little, little by little, like a man once came here from Queens with a complaint against the son about Shiva's son, why his son doesn't kiss the son's mother-in-law. He complained here. I drove him out of the shul. <laughs> he insisted that the son must kiss the mother-in-law. So little by little, people come to the worst kinds of sins, even though they once knew. And therefore he warns from experience. Today it's a different world. The people are, are drowning as Chaykhalasim. And he can't even appreciate this whole subject. But in his day, the listeners knew what he meant. Now we'll have to stop here. Say that. Two lines up from the bottom, the last word. The whole Kahloma. Two lines up from the bottom, the last word, the whole Kahloma. He's explaining before that the second mafsit, which is an obstacle to acquiring the attitude of the hearers, which means awareness to know what a man is doing in life and which direction he's heading, this hearers is obstructed, first he mentioned, by the difficulty of being too busy, people out here to be too busy to think about oneself. And now we're discussing the second one, Ashrik laughing and ridiculing, laughing and jesting. This attitude is the second obstacle. And he brings a Gemara, Ashrik Vekalus Reish Margilin Es Odmul El, that laughter and gayness of head, lightness of head, lead a man to Elva. Even though Elva immorality is very severe to decent people, nevertheless, the Shreik and Kaldash can lead a person to Elva. And now he's explaining. Behold Kach Lama. And how is that? Why is that so? The feet. Shekamo, Shekol Mitzias Hashiris, totally. The Simas The whole existence of awareness Hosiris, depends on putting your mind on the subject Cain called so also is the entire subject of laughter of jesting a removing of the mind from thinking about right attitudes and looking into one's behavior. By laughing and jesting, is doing the opposite of thinking about himself. And no thoughts of Yeras Hashem will enter his mind at all. So a person who is addicted frequently to laughing and joking, and many times important, he says, nothing, not important, that's not important, that's not important. That's called the less. He belittles what deserves to be respected. It makes unimportant that which is really important. So he can be 
a sad man and still a lass. But frequently, the person who is a jokester and always laughing, he usually is the one who belittles everything also. Now, you can see how great is the difficulty caused by Platonus and the great corruption it causes. Suppose there's a shield that's smeared with oil or with fat. A shield protects a person against arrows that are shot at him. Now, the shield is smeared with oil or fat, it surely will deflect the arrows from him. The fat smeared shield will cause all the arrows shot against him to slip off and fall down to the ground. And they won't allow the arrows to reach a person's body. He's protected by a shield, and the shield is smeared with fat. It's a greasy shield. So is also the son is a shield against criticism and against payment of I call this Baruch's retribution, payment of retribution by Hashem. Sometimes, when a person who is serious sees that retribution comes, troubles come, he takes it to heart. But if it's a less, and he has a shield that's smeared with fat, even retribution, mildness, doesn't bother him. And criticism surely won't bother him. It slips off of him like the arrows of a slippery shield. With one litzon, it's one joke, a person is able, a small jest, a person is able to overthrow a great amount of awareness and enthusiasm. Let's say a person went to a place where they davened with very great kavanah, where he heard inspiring ideas. Now he walked out and he said to someone, you know, I heard this and this speaker and he inspired me greatly. And the person to whom he's speaking says, that's nothing. Don't go overboard for it. You're making a big fuss out of nothing. That that small remark is able to overthrow the effect of all that was accomplished when he heard that great lesson from the speaker. And therefore, no matter how much a person is going to learn, Musa, he learned the great ideals of the Torah. But if subsequently he comes in contact with a let's, the few words that the let's said will overthrow the entire edifice that he built up of Yerushalayim and awareness of the great issues of life. So in order for a person to maintain his achievements, he must avoid the company of Lezim. Because otherwise it's impossible to maintain the achievements that he accomplished 
in his mind and in his spirit. The less with one little jest can overthrow all that he accomplished until now. For example, the Satan has the purpose of speaking praise and thanks to Hashem. And yet, at the beginning, the first Mizmah is devoted to the subject of avoiding the company of waiting. Ashrei Ha'ish, Ashrei Ha'ish, Ashrei Ha'ish, Ashrei Ha'ish, Ashrei Ha'ish, So why didn't David begin tilling with the praises of Hashem? The answer is, no matter how much a person will become elevated and ennobled by the words of Tilin, you should know that they will be dispelled and destroyed when he goes into the company of the lace of even a little while. So in order to make sure that all the great teachings of Tilin should remain intact, happy is a man who keeps away from the lace. Otherwise, there's no benefit to be gained from learning the great lessons because they'll be overthrown and demolished by the lessons of the company that he keeps. Ma shehalev that the mind becomes excited or mispoiled and influenced plasma, the deirisa, when he sees certain things, or shomoy inyonin, or hear certain things, sheiriuhu el that will stir a man to make a cheshbon to think about himself, and to search into his deeds. Sometimes, some things, not only words, but even events, happenings to make a person become serious enough to think about himself and to consider whether his way in life is correct, whether his behavior towards his fellow man is correct, or whether his uh, accomplishments in Torah and Mrs. are enough, and just then, when he's ready to make progress as a result of what he heard or saw, for the power of a jest, will overthrow everything down to the ground. And no impression will remain at all of all that he heard and heard. That's a remarkable statement. Mechaber is saying such an extreme statement here that no matter how much a person becomes elevated and inspired, he should know that the company of Elysium will demolish it all. Say that aside. Now you might think that's only if he was only superficially impressed by what he learned. But I suppose he was fundamentally impressed, and maybe the sonnets couldn't budge him, he says, no. Not because of the weakness of the subject that he saw or heard. Not because he lacked sufficient understanding in his mind of that subject, no. 
even though he understood completely. That's the power of jesting and ridicule. It overthrows all the subjects of Musa and Yerashamaya. That's a tremendous statement he's saying here. It's like the Yomara says that the Torah is compared to gold and silver. Not easy to get it. You have to labor to get the good ideas into your head, like gold and silver, not easy to get. But it's easy to lose them as if they were glass. They're as fragile like glass. It's easy to lose them. Because all the great ideas that a person puts in his head, which are valuable, more valuable than gold and silver, nevertheless, they're extremely fragile and they are subjects to destruction by coming in contact with opponents, with opposition, with legislation. Now, legislation means not only people are just apicolism, but also legislation. Reading their own newspapers, listening to certain broadcasts, TV, and so on. All these things are legislation too. But even if not legislation, apicolism are also included in lace. Anybody who belittles the truth or opposes the truth is a less. And therefore we have to guard our acquisitions. Whatever we acquire, our emuna, our awareness, our Yerushalayim, our idealism, our character, everything, in order to protect it, we must keep away from people who are different. Imshonim altis order, it says in Israel, where the others don't mix. As much as possible, keep away from the others because it's harmful to our ideals to come in conflict. It's not because we're weaklings. No. You say that. Not because we don't understand. Not because of that. We understand. We learn. And nevertheless, it's the nature of all the great ideals that they are very delicate and you must guard them against contact with Roshoyim and Lashem. Cried out like this, about this, like a certain bird, a certain bird that stands and shrieks. The Navi was crying out because of this thing. He saw this what was caused, that no place was left for his rebuke. Should make an impression on the people. He saw that whatever he said, was being refuted and broken down by the attitude of jesting and lessonness. And that destroyed any hope of the sinners that they might your troubles, your yusurin, your afflictions will increase just because you're jesting. The more you are sick with the illness of lessonness, the more you'll need the medicine of sorrows and troubles to make you serious and cause you to stop jesting, say that. Now it's worth studying various forms of litzonness, although the Mechaba here doesn't do it. For instance, suppose you went, let's say, to a yeshiva, and the Rosh Yeshiva was saying, and one boy whispered to the other, don't listen to him. Or, he whispered to him, does he practice what he preaches? Or a boy said, that's old-fashioned stuff. 
any kind of remark that belittles the lessons that you heard, you should know have harmed you. And even though you try to ignore what he told you, nevertheless, the building that was erected by the words of the teacher has been demolished. made a decree. A decree means it's a rule that will hold good always. Shahalets may be Yisurim The let's causes troubles to come upon him. Just because he's a let's, he's going to suffer in this world. Actually, the Pesach said that openly. They are prepared for the lesim punishments. Punishments are prepared for lesim. That's something that the logic requires. By logic, it should be so. If someone becomes impressed, influenced from thinking into things or studying certain subjects, he does not need to be punished with his body in order to impress him. He is impressed by studying. He does not need troubles to impress him. He'll turn back from his sin without any punishment on his body. Because of the thoughts of repentance that are created in his mind by means of what he read. So when a person reads words like this, it's instead of suffering. If he's impressed by lessons, he's impressed by teachings. So Akkadzibola said, I don't have to trouble this man with physical illnesses or troubles in Panosa or enemies or all kinds of Yisurim. Not necessary. As long as a man has put into his mind willingly the great teachings, that's all I want of him. So therefore this man does not need physical troubles. Or Shiyishma, I mean, I'm whatever you heard from Musa and from criticism. And it went into him and influenced him. If he listened, that's all he needs. But the Lesim who don't become impressed when they hear criticisms, if they carefully because of the power of their Lesonis, which deflects from them any criticism and protects them against any form of rebuke, there's no way to help them. The only way is when they become punished. So a let's, when he falls ill, is lying in bed, he's not a let's anymore. When he's suffering, not a let's. When a let's becomes ruined in his panasa, he has no livelihood anymore, then he becomes serious. So I call this boy who said, I'm doing this for his benefit, otherwise he would never listen to anything. If he didn't listen to words, to teachings, let him at least listen to his troubles. So the less is inviting troubles upon himself. She'ele, things like that, means troubles, lo wouldn't be of any power to jest away and to ridicule his solace. Kasha'yitra'am b'sorot, like he can turn away teachings and rebuke. So although the less succeeds with his less honest, 
and turning away criticism from himself. He won't listen. He won't listen to any teachings, but he surely will listen. When troubles come upon him, on a case, sorrows come upon a man, and there's still a less, then I call this brother who says, there's nothing to do except to remove him from the world. It's a hopeless case, and he has to leave the world. And that's one of the great reasons why many people die young, because they refuse to become better, no matter what happens to them. <coughs> so the very first way for a person to gain information is to learn, to listen, to think. He sees what happens to other people. He sees what happens in the world, various troubles. He takes it to heart, and he's willing now to change his ways. He learns for him. He listens to teachers. That's the first thing. In case is a kind that belittles this, nothing makes any impression. So I call his brother who sends upon him solace, physical solace, in the hope that now he'll become serious enough and he will change his ways. But suppose, despite this solace, it doesn't become any better, then I call this brother who says there's nothing left except to remove him from the world. Say that. Now, according to this, when any trouble comes upon a man, he should understand that I call this brother is trying to get through to him. He couldn't get through to him previously by teaching, but the man didn't come to listen. So I call this brother who tries to get the man to become serious by means of trouble. So therefore, when a person sees Imroya Odom, she is suing boiling a lot, the man sees trouble come upon him, your first baby master, she starts searching into his deeds and thinking maybe there's something that I have to change. There's no question. If you look, you surely find. In proportion to the gravity, the seriousness of the sin, and the results that the sin causes, that's why the true judge will be stern in his punishment. The strictness of the punishment depends on the severity of the sin. And therefore, the more a person is alert, the more he's going to suffer in life. This way our sages taught us. Is a very unfortunate quality for a person to have, a person that exhibits a, a joker, who ridicules and belittles things. He should know it's a very unfortunate quality. Shetilosi begins with suffering, with soifo and the end is destruction. I mean, when Hashem sees that despite what He sends upon people, various afflictions, they fail to take that message to heart, so the end is he destroys them entirely, removes them from the world. <speaking in Hebrew> Lest your sufferings will increase. <speaking in Hebrew> I have heard that there's going to come upon them a destruction that's final. Kolo means a destruction that is final. So we see from this, that first I call this brother sends upon them various kinds of afflictions, and if despite everything they still continue to be lazy, 
then we'll agree that they must be destroyed from the world entirely. Set that aside. People that being too busy without having any time for yourself. The second was Shkikvalotsen, laughter, ridicule, jesting, belittling everything. And now I begin the third. The third obstacle to Zahir's is associates, environment, company. Association with fools and sinners. He who associates with fools will be ruined. You see many times even after that it became convinced to a man the necessity of the service of Hashem and the necessity of being aware and careful in it still he becomes weakened in that or he transgresses certain things from it why does he do that? and order that his associates shouldn't ridicule him if they see him do things according to what his conscience tells him they might ridicule him and because of that he sometimes allows himself to be lax or even to transgress certain things in order or in order that he should be able to mingle with them one reason he gave that he shouldn't ridicule them. Another reason is he wants to associate with them. And in order to be mixed with them, he has to be like them. So after here. Another passage in Mishlei. With those that are different, do not mix. Suppose someone will say to you, as the statement in the Gemara, a man's mind should always be in agreement with people. Your mind should always be in consonance, in agreement with what people want. So you should answer him, you should say to him, one of these words said, Briyas means people. If people act like people. Not those people act like cattle. And the fools act like cattle. They follow their instincts. They follow their passions. And therefore, we're not required to adjust ourselves to the opinion of such people. When it says Briyas, it means to a good, totally people which are trying to be in consonance and agreement with them. 
we shouldn't look at ways and means of disagreeing and quarreling with them. But the good people, the Torah people, our job is as much as possible to be in consonance with them. But with others, we're not expected to agree with them at all. Say that inside. Shlomo admonishes further. Go from before a man that's a fool. When you see a fool coming towards you, make a detour in order to avoid meeting him. Go out of your way. Walk around the block. Go take a different route in order to avoid meeting a fool. Because even if you'll stand for a little while and talk to him, you must know that he makes an effect on you that will never go lost. The effect of a fool on you will never go lost. Happy is a man who did not walk in the council of Rishoyim. He didn't even stand on the road of the sinners. Or He didn't sit in the seat of Laysim. And we must understand that nowadays it's possible for a person, even if he doesn't go out to seek the company of Laysim, if he has in his house a TV, so he has a Laysim right there in his dining room. And if he has wicked liberal newspapers, the same thing, he brings in the Rishoyim into his house and he reads their words, so he's associating with the wicked. And that's therefore the first admonition of Tilam. Tilam says, if you wish to benefit by my words, I'm going to teach you how to come close to Hashem, how to love Hashem and to thank Hashem, the first thing is, separates from the Rishoya. It's impossible to succeed if you maintain contact. So those people who go to movies, those people who go to theaters, those people who go even to synagogues, which are made of Leitzim, many synagogues are made of Leitzim. These people should know that there's no opportunity at all for them to make any progress in life. You must make sure that you are separate from people who are different from your ideals. Say that inside. The Chachamim commented on that Pasuk in Tilim. It started out, Asher Holach. Then it says, Oma. Then it says, Yosha. So the Gemara said, Im Holach, at first he walked with Rishoyim, Sefer Lama, then he'll stop and he'll stand and talk to them for some time. Im Omad, if he does that, then Sefer Lash, then he'll sit down also with them and he'll become a member of the Moshe Lashim. So therefore, the, the way to stop it is at the beginning. Try to avoid even walking with the Lashim. Any kind of association, especially if you sit down next to the last in the basic analysis, then you're a lost soul. This I've seen again and again. People that sat down next to a last, 
And while the rabbi is talking, the last is whispering at and joking, don't listen to him. Who do you think he is? Does he practice what he preaches? The whole nachel, don't talk, don't pay attention to him. And they ruined people. I've seen people ruined. They came into the synagogue, balishuvis, sincere people, and they wanted to find the truth. But it was their muzzle that sat near a letz. And the letz ruined them. They became disillusioned, and they finally left, and they were broken people. So it's very important in the base Nest, in the yeshiva. Yeshiva also, Meshul Leitzim. There's an underworld in every yeshiva of boys that are not sincere. And you have to watch out, yeshiva man, watch out with whom you associate. Even Bainas Dorim, at lunchtime, careful with whom you sit. It could become a Meshul Leitzim. There are always some Leitzim around in every good institution. And therefore, he's telling us, don't think it's a small thing. Ashray, how fortunate you are if you understand this admonition and you are Mekayim always to keep away from them. Now, that's not the whole thing. Then you have to get busy and put something into your head. But if you are associated with Leitzim, then no matter what you'll put into your head, it's like putting good kosher meat into a trefer pot. So therefore, no matter how you'll say Tillin, with his spilers, and with inspiration, if you're going to spend time, from time to time, in Meshav Leitzim, you're going to let everything drip out. It's like a keli, no matter how good the things you put inside, if there's a hole in the bottom, it'll all drip out. Set that aside. I did not sit together with people of emptiness. The people who talk empty things. And with people who are concealed, I won't come to you now, there are some people who put up a pretty good front, but they're really concealed. Inside they're nothing at all. Many people like that. It's good, at least, to show a respectable face. But when you get to know them, you see that they are no good at all. Many people are like that. So, I hated a congregation of evildoers. Now, the word Sonesi is a very strong word, which means you keep away from them because you abominate them. You know how harmful they are. It's like walking, let's say, into a sty of behemoths. You know that you're going to have a bad odor when you come out. And you mingle with these people, your neshama is going to be befouled by them. So it's Sonesi, he despises, he hates, he abominates their company. Sonesi kahal mareim, I hate a congregation of mareim. Rishoyim I won't sit down with Rishoyim. And even though he may think, I won't accept what they say, I won't listen to what they say, you should know you will not escape the influence. Once you sit down with them, then you belong to that environment. Say that aside. Right up. Ain't Adam. The only way for a man to do Elo Litohel to keep himself pure. 
make himself clean from any contact to keep his feet away from the paths of the multitude. Now he's not talking about a multitude like you see in King's Highway today. He's talking multitude of observant Jews. But the multitude of observant Jews are shkuyim, the azman, are sunken into the foolishness of the day. They live by the day. The multitude is not trained to think. So even though there are a multitude of shamer and mitzvahs, you shouldn't think that you can associate with anybody. No. The Yoshiv Raglo El Hashem. He should cause his feet always to go to the courtyards of Hashem, where the truth is being taught. Belmishkanesal to the dwellings of Hashem. Who should David Asmo Messiah as David himself concludes and he says it's not enough that he kept away from the evil. It's not enough. But Elchaz bin Ekoyen Kappa, I wash my hands with cleanliness, means I'm preparing for the service of Hashem. And I walk around Yomizbeh Hashem. He means he walks around and he sings songs of thanks to the serve Hashem. So therefore you need two things. First you have to keep away. Your mind should be pure of wrong influence. And second, you have to put the right ideas into your head. But the right ideas cannot have any success unless you keep your mind clear of association with others. Say that, that's where we're starting. Now once more, we'll go back to the beginning where we started from. It's an important lesson. The Imyer Allah if he'll be found in the company of those that would ridicule him he should not put his mind to that ridicule he should pay no attention means first of all he should avoid such company but suppose it happened that he wasn't such company but he couldn't help then he should not pay any attention to the ridicule I'll drop it just the opposite. You like Al-Maligo. He should ridicule his ridiculous. Be a vazim. And he should scorn them. It doesn't mean he has to say anything, but he should think that they are fools. Let him think in his mind, Suppose he had an opportunity to gain a great deal of money in a certain transaction. Only... He knew that some people would ridicule him. Would he leave? Would he forsake? That what he needs to do for himself. Just because the others should not ridicule him? Certainly he'll go ahead and do what's good for him. It's a matter of business. Who cares what they say? Kol so surely he shouldn't want to deprive his neshame of what it needs because of ridicule. And in this way, the Chachamim admonished, be bold like a leopard. Let's talk about a certain animal that attacks human beings. 
other animals are bashful when they see human beings. But this animal, the Noma, attacks human beings. So be bold as a Noma. Be kal kanesha, and quick as an eagle. Roz kazvi, fast as a deer. Be gibel karavi, and as powerful as a lion. When it comes to Allah, to do the will of your Father in heaven. And among the qualities is as karnamas. Ordinarily, a person should not be as. A person should be bashful too. <coughs> but when it comes to doing good things, he should forget about bashfulness. Say, say that last part. The David Omar, he called until him. I speak in your laws in the presence of Gentile kings and I'm not embarrassed. Now what does that mean? Most of the kings when they come together they boast. This one boasts how many places he conquered this one boasts how big his harem is. This one boasts how much money he has in his treasury. They're boasting. But David, he spoke up and he, so he's proud of the commandments of Hashem. They look at him as if he were a lunatic. He's not ashamed. He's proud because that's his real wealth. But David, Shoyagam came out. He was also a king. So I might think superficially, it would be an embarrassment for him. When it's together in the company of Gentile kings, he should speak words of Musa and Torah. Instead of talking about great things that he possesses or the various kinds of luxuries that they speak about, wouldn't it be a shame for him to talk about Musa and good character and righteousness? He didn't care about that at all. His mind was not persuaded by these foolish things. Because he already gained the knowledge of the truth. He knows what's important. But he explains what he does. I speak in your laws in the presence of kings and I'm not ashamed. Of course when Yeshaya. Therefore I made my face like flint. Flint is very hard stone. And even though people ridiculed him for what he was saying, the Navi said, no, I'm going to have boldness. I don't care. I won't be bashful. The eight I know, Kilo Avers, I won't be bashful. Say that. Yeah. Up till now, the subject was the hearers which means awareness. Some translate carefulness, but really means the illumination of the mind, awareness, understanding of things, by thinking about all the issues. Now, included in that, of course, is to learn to be aware of what 
a person has to watch out for. That's the first thing. To beware of wrong company, of wrong influences, and so on. Now, in the next paddock, he starts the subject of his diseases. And diseases will translate alacrity, readiness, energy, quickness to do the right things. That's the next step. And we start. The Bayer Midas has leaders to explain the quality of his leaders of alacrity. Alcha has hiris, Yobu has leaders. After the hiris comes leaders. Now, that's superfluous, because you see that after the chapter of Zeus comes Jesus. Why tell us that? But it means to say that chronologically, according to the order of making progress, the first rung of the ladder as you're climbing higher and higher towards Hashem, towards perfection, first step is Zeus. have to think about things and learn to what to avoid. And then comes Jesus. That means to gain the energy to start doing things. Not enough that a person doesn't do wrong things. Not enough that a person avoids the wicked. But he has to spend time studying the Torah, like it says. Ashrei Ho'ish, who didn't sit in a Moish of Leitzim. Fortunate man, a lucky man. That's not enough. Ki'im, but what? V'soras Hashem Chefso. His desire is the Torah of Hashem. So a person separates himself from the lazing and just sits by himself in the corner or at the house, that's not enough. Now that he gained the awareness that comes from thinking about things, now he gets busy with energy to do what's necessary, the right thing. That's called Zeris. After Zeris comes Zeris. Like it says, Sur Meira, what's going to say? Turn away from evil. And next comes Aseito, then to do good things. He has hearers save him is involved mostly with not doing what's wrong. Losas. Carefulness, awareness to beware of wrong influences. What does Jesus Zrizus refers to doing energy to go and accomplish and do things. Turn away from evil, but that's not enough. But then, do good. So the next is to have energy. To work against the quality of laziness. Overcome inertia. And start accomplishing. The subject of Jesus is self-understood. To hurry as soon as possible to do mitzvahs. What are good things to do? Like learning Torah going to Shiurim, other thing, getting married, whatever it is, as soon as possible, not to delay. Hagdoma, to do as early as possible the mistress, and to carry them out entirely, not to postpone. So Zrizis means to hurry up and do, not to postpone, and also to complete them, as a mistress to do it, do it thoroughly. It's after here. My time. The same expression the Chachamim said. Those who have Zrizis, that's called the quality of readiness, energy, and alacrity, they hurry to do mitzvahs. So we see it's a matter of doing. We're going to stop here. No part of this lecture 
may be reproduced in any form even for personal use.